it's true. Like I went from doing like Eastern tours of Canada in a van, crashing at people's places on their couches to all of a sudden like being flown everywhere, sleeping in a bus, like, you know, and, and, and just meeting people in metal who I like love and look up to, like, you mm -hmm. know, all those bands that I had mentioned, like I have their phone numbers now. And that was also like an extremely surreal thing for me. It's like all these people who were influencing me and inspiring me are now like my network and my friends. And that's just like, that alone was like, oh my God. But you know, I'm, I've been very blessed and lucky to say the least. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you put in the work for it too. So Thank like, you. it's, <laughs> I'm so tired. It's so cool. Yeah. <laughs>
Hell yeah, yeah. And I just love the contrast of just your vibes and musical approach too. like you mentioned the cradle of phil stuff and even like listening to this one album it's just like this beautiful like chill type of experience too and another thing like i enjoyed about it too it just seemed like the tracks just like flowed like so nicely um did you like put a lot of like thought into like the order of everything because it just seemed like it was just like one thing you can just hit play and just let it go and it's, it doesn't have like these drastic like cuts it just flows together oh thank you for saying that i actually asked my patrons to help me with a track order like i gave it they all had all these songs so i just put them in a folder and i said hey like listen to these songs and let me know like i, I asked them everything i was like what what should the track order be what do you think like the themes of the album are like what should i name it what should the cover artwork look like you know <laughs> and they had a lot of they had a lot of really cool things to say and it it led me to being like okay like there's a general like feel here there's a general idea of what emotion and visuals and and running order this is giving so i just like you know in my nerdy way of collecting data and organizing it cuz that's part of my day job uh i just like okay this is what people are saying and then i just had an overview so they actually helped me make the decision a lot sooner and it was just easier because like you know the something a lot of creative people go through is like decision fatigue and analysis <laughs> paralysis and i was like okay i need help because i can't, i shouldn't as a solo artist i don't have like a band yeah sure like i have people who i work with and work around but like i i just i have to start accepting like it shouldn't all be on my shoulders and i shouldn't do it all myself so the fact that my patrons were there and they're like yeah let's i want to help let me know that was a super special part of it too it was a very like community community made album that's so cool to hear too and even like i'm sure people who throw you like suggestions that you actually use that probably means a lot to them as well as like a fan like just to be like oh like i kind of uh through this idea at Lindsay and she actually did it and like that's gonna stick with them like every time they listen to that album so I think that's like such a another cool layer to that that I didn't know about mm -hmm. and it's it's special because like this these people are just fabulous people and they've been there for two and a half years like helping me make this make this music and make this album and earn a living and you know <sighs> they they kind of they deserve it like they <laughs> you know it's like why would I just like leave them out of the process if they've been there since the beginning but they they absolutely deserve that I mean I think it's it's different than like taking like suggestions from a complete stranger on Twitter or now known as X where it's like no this is like they're like your family and they have become like family like we're all pretty close and we're chatting on the Patreon discord and all that jazz so I'm just it, I thought I wanted to do something a little different and make it a little more special. And it definitely took the workload off of my shoulders. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. That's so cool that uh, you got that community too. And like, yeah, like I'm sure another time you guys are going to collab again on another album. So that's, that's oh, cool. Yeah. Just wait, it's coming. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And even like, um, I was thinking like, I know you from like your more recent solo work and, uh, being in Cradle of Filth and I don't know a bit about like your origin of like just music in general and I'm kind of like curious of how like you got into like piano harp singing and also when did you decide to like really like go down I guess like the dark path of like <laughs> <laughs> all like the edgy oh. metal shit like it's the it's darkness just, has always been there <laughs> ah, yeah, I, I relate to that <laughs> Oh, dude, that's a big question. I think I think it ties into my like neurodivergency of like going like hyper focusing on something so much and then getting bored of it. And that's why I play like so many instruments like <laughs> music's always been in my life. And, you know, Disney has been a big part of that. Maleficent being my favorite, like magical witch, I guess she's a bit vindictive. But like, you know, the whole backstory now with the new movies it's like okay it makes sense i'd be i'd be a raging bitch too um so <laughs> but um i think it, it was just that deciding factor when i was 15 i was like i saw this live blink 182 dvd and it was like that's that's it that's what i want to do with my life and i will do everything to get there and i don't know i had a lot of wisdom at a very young age like when i was 15 i was like okay if if we're gonna make this happen 
we need to stop with the stuff that's taking away uh from that time to grow and develop and become like a musician and and producing music and a live performer so i like ditched my love of playing pokemon video games i ditched oh, anime no. <laughs> i ditched like all of my hobbies and like my parents like they said they're like when you were a teenager you were like the best teenager you just sat in your room all day playing bass and guitar and writing music and we never you you didn't drink you we didn't have to worry about drugs <laughs> yeah like, they know what yeah, you are mom like... and dad it's it's called autism uh oh. fyi so you know i just decided okay this is what i want to do and i mean i've moved from like um being in in a pop punk band like very very like Josie and the Pussycats meets like Jack Off Jill, my first band. And that was like for cool. six years. And I was playing bass and writing the music and that and like managing it at the time without really owning it. And, you know, we went really far. We went all the way to Warp Tour and we got sponsorships oh, and no we way. played like the MySpace tent. Like, you know, I went all in, but there was a shift in my early 20s because I was changing. And I was like, I don't want to do pop punk and punk and riot girl like no offense to it I still love it to this day I still rock my jack off Jill shirt um and I love Jessica but like I was like I started really taking a liking to classical music and um you know opera and classical piano and it's like you know the 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 heaviness was always there like in high school I was still I was listening to Kitty and Slipknot and Korn and Chevelle, Lincoln Park, Evanescence, but it was like, okay, this is not the way the music I'm writing is coming out anymore. It's not suited for like a grimy, edgy, like punk band. It's just not that anymore. So then in my early 20s, it was like, okay, now I'm going to take that hyper focus because I'm bored. And, you know, like, like there was this time you always think about some of the what ifs and I actually had this conversation with Alex Webster of Cannibal Corpse recently and I said if I did it if I discovered technical death metal before I made that switch to classical music I probably would have ended up like playing in a band like Dying Fetus on bass like I loved the bass Mm -hmm. guitar so much but sadly I felt just limited by what could be done with it and then i i wanted to move like evanescence back on their fallen era i was like i really want to move in this direction of like melodic guitar rips with strings and piano and classical backings and me just being able to like you know be ethereally singing over top of it so that was when the switch happened and then i moved really far away from alternative i obviously just like grasping onto like evanescence and the birthday massacre at the time and i did like six intense years of classical studies and i ended up in in university and during that time i got back into metal but it was like what was it back then it was like catatonia um epica within temptation camelot like that's that's kind of where it was going i love that shit around that time oh yeah later 2000 ish or whatever yeah so good yeah like i'm trying to think of the albums it was like the one Oh, I can't remember the Epica one, but there's a person sitting on it meditating. I think it's oh, Designer yeah. Universe. That yeah, was a that huge was so influence. Good. Yeah, so good. And then Catatonia's um their f- most famous one, the the Cold Distance. I think I'm saying that right. I could be saying it wrong. I can see the album cover in my head. It looks like a red salad fingers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe that album. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Camelot's Ghost Opera. I think that's what oh, that one was called, or Ghost Score, or I can't like remember no, titles right yeah, now. I think it was Ghost Love Score. Um, that's... I haven't took like a big Camelot deep dive, but that one hit me hard. Like I was looping that one. That's but mm-hmm. that's like so symphonic and like catchy. Like every hook was just like something that left like a seed in your brain. You'd be singing right. all day. Oh, it was so good. Yeah, I think yeah, I think it was Ghost Opera. I think Ghost Love Score is the Nightwish song. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> I'm just okay. generalizing lots of ghosts, all... lots of opera. Yeah. Lots of lots of ghost opera something, ghosts. something. Um <laughs> oh, that's so funny. So, and then Apologies I think the other one that... to Camelot on yeah, oh, and Nightwish. They'll forgive us. And yeah. uh then within temptations like the silent force and and then the uh the one that came after that which i'm blanking on as well i haven't had enough coffee but the follow-up to that and it was just this big 
cinematic, beautiful, like orchestral stuff, which is these clean vocals going over top. And that's something like I have never felt the urge to be a guttural singer. I don't like how I sound. I don't enjoy it. So I'm like, you know, I'm just like, it's just nice to hear clean, clean vocals prominent over heavy music. So, yeah, so I was in I was in university and, you know, I went through my first semester. I met the guy uh, who I do all my orchestral work with now. His name is Spencer Cregan, and he's gone on to like be a huge hit in the film score world here in Canada. Nice. Really proud of him. And um, then Cradle of Filth called me and I I thought it was hilarious because I just didn't like them in high school. I loved Dimo Borgir and I always was like, no, like the, the, the little heavier. Sorry, version. kids. Yeah. yeah, I was like, sorry, kids. Dimo Borgir is like far more superior than Cradle of Filth. Um, but I always liked I liked Sarah's voice and I liked some songs from Midian. But I'm like, we just need to get rid of this guy's like screechy dinosaur voice. Like it's just not doing it for me. Yeah. And then they call me and I just was like okay university will always be here cradle of filth won't i have to go take this opportunity um mm. you know and i never i've never gone back to my education uh in music i'd love to but you know it's it's there's money and time involved and that there doesn't always seem to ever be enough of that as you get older so or until i retire if i ever retire but uh yeah it just it just felt like the right thing it was a very interesting journey through that band but they kept me for seven years uh or i stayed for seven years and um that was it but like who you saw in cradle of filth is just me coming out of my theater kid like villainess you know desire to be that yeah. persona on stage you like also that was mentioned maleficence and like you all yeah. sometimes had the horns is going and i did like actually that. have like carbon or whatever like five something printed horns um I can't remember the proper term for it, but I actually got the horns from the new movie. Like someone had a template for them and I, I wore no them on stage for like a summer festival run. And I was like, this is like, this is perfect. This is fun. But yeah, like it was never like, like anything that I did when I was cradle in cradle of filth. It's like, I actually like did want to do that like on stage. Like that was purely me being like, I want to look exactly like this. Cause it just fit the whole vibe. It was really, it was really, really fun. Yeah. That's cool as fuck. And even like, them like reaching out to you like how did they discover you did they like see like something maybe on like a youtube or like some tracks you posted because that's got to be oh. trippy them like reaching out to you like i couldn't even imagine like even though you said like you were more like a demo girl but even yeah. just getting that call being like what the fuck like oh. that's part of like your universe of like the music you took in as like a teenager and stuff it's, yeah, it's so cool it was it was a strange one because uh, i'll try to give both of the backstories i in my first semester of uni so this would have been 2012 and that's like when i f released my first solo ep and that was being promoted all over my socials so i got this opportunity to go to uh belgium to the female metal voices festival I think I could be saying that wrong. It's it's MFEF <laughs> in yeah, in Belgium. And uh, you know, I was like studying for my exams on the plane and I went there and it was due to this collective called Eve's Apple, which is like it was huge collective of female singers in metal, like supporting one another and doing charity work. And we were given the Friday night to just do like this cool, like choir-esque acoustic like performance. And it was really, really fun. And I finally got to meet people who I had been talking with online for a few years cool. and in that batch of women, I met Melissa Furlack and she was in visions of Atlantis for a while there. And she lives in Minnesota. So we met and we were in touch and then we all went home. And then during that time, Melissa was contacted to be in cradle of filth uh, because Paul Allender, the guitarist had moved there and he, you know, Caroline, my predecessor, she had, left and they're like well we need we need someone so he was looking around and he contacted melissa and melissa was just in a very different place in her life where she's like i this is so cool but i just can't do it you know but i know some people who can and they su she's she suggested me and two others being very close friends of mine who the, the two others couldn't do it either and you know it was like well like Lindsay's free and you know he went and looked at my socials i'm i i vaguely remember this you know and he's just like yeah like 
spooky looking chick sings plays yeah. piano check yep. check check She's a fit, you know and then it, it was the strangest day too because it was like on my great aunt's 90th birthday we were going to a family reunion based around that and like on the way i get this message from paul allender being like okay so like we need a new keyboardist so can you just like get a hold of our manager and i was like I don't know. Like, I was like, mm, I may not get this, but I just felt it in my soul. Like, I was going to get it. I was like, there's no one more perfect for the role. Like, I don't know. It was just a strange confidence that came over me. It wasn't, it wasn't arrogant or prideful. It was just like this knowing, like this strong knowing, yeah, like, just felt this is going right to yeah. happen, you so know? Cute. And, um, I sent it, well, like two stories. I, I, t we're on the way to the reunion and I'm like, Hey mom, like this really big band, contacted me and they have a world tour next year and I'm gonna do it and this means I have to quit university and I'm like one of the first people in my family to go to university and my parents were just so hoping I was gonna complete my my education <laughs> and my mom was just so fed up with my shit at that point because I had a pretty tumultuous year between like I you know who I was dating and losing my home and like it was a really rough year for me um and uh my mom's like you're just gonna do what you're gonna do and then like we didn't she's talk just about like it. i don't care <laughs> like it's yeah oh, but then my, me and my sister are at this family reunion and she's pounding back like dirty martinis and she's doing her typical neurodivergent like i need to know everything so she's like pulling up pictures of cradle on google and like laughing at them and like <laughs> Yeah, like she's just like taking Danny. the piss out of cradle at this family <laughs> reunion it was so great and then it was like the longest two weeks of my life because I contacted their manager at the time and I didn't hear anything until the new year and then like the rest is history you know I flew out to Minnesota hung out with Melissa um that was a really fun weekend and I met Paul and he's like well you got the gig and we went over the set together and I'm like holy shit I just joined cradle of filth like I you know, I was wow. like 26 going on 27. I was a baby. Wow. And I'm like, I don't know what just happened, but this just happened. And it was yeah. a really fun seven years. <laughs> yeah. And that's like jumping in the deep end um, because they're doing like Vakken Festival. Like it's like you see those shows it's like a sea of a hundred thousand people and it's like it was yeah like priest was I like eighty like, thousand like yeah thinking of being you up there that's a crazy yeah Vakin, <laughs> where we opened for priest it was like eighty thousand people and a Jesus. lot of people we love were there to see it which was really beautiful but it, it and it's true like i went from doing like you know eastern tours of canada in a van crashing at people's places on their couches to all of a sudden like being flown everywhere sleeping in a bus like you know and 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 just meeting people in metal who I like love and look up to like you mm -hmm. know all those bands that I had mentioned like I have their phone numbers now and that was also like an extremely surreal thing for me it's like all these people who were influencing me and inspiring me are now like my network and my friends and that's just like that alone was like oh my god but you know I'm, I've been very blessed and lucky to say the least mm -hmm. yeah and you put in the work for it too so Thank like you. it's <laughs> I'm so uh, tired it's so cool. yeah <laughs> yeah even our email exchange it seems like you're so busy and I, I oh, yeah. really respect that too like just keeping the ball rolling I hope like you get times for like a little breather like I hope oh, I'm yeah. not taking too much of your Sunday no, you're and you're enjoying great. This. no I took okay, yesterday awesome. off I was yeah. like I, I at least get one day off a week now because I don't want to burn out again <laughs> yeah hell yeah even like um I think it's so cool like I was almost like you too like uh I wasn't really deep into cradle and I was more a demo board gear guy yeah. as well like I just love the double kick and the aggression and all that shit but I still remember the first time I saw and heard uh Nephenamine, like the the video mm -hmm. for it and it was cool because like around that time I was listening to like a lot of like hardcore music and metalcore and uh I used to have this satellite dish that would get all the American music channels and there was like all these different metal blocks and I Very remember cool. just like watching one after school and that cradle song came on and it was the biggest contrast to everything in the block and I didn't I never like heard anything like that 
And it also was like just so entrancing to me. Like I just remember just sitting on my couch, like watching uh their like previous singer, like or uh, the the chick who I'll did like Christine. all your yeah, like on the swing, yeah. and then Danny like screaming, and I'm like, I don't know what this is, and I I think I like it. Like it was yeah. doing something to my <laughs> brain chemistry, and um yeah, still to this day, I just think that's such a beautiful song, and I kind of want to know like when you're doing something like of walking and like getting to sing that like how does it feel do you have like a personal connection to that tune as well or like because it's like um, i know their fans are kind of like yeah that's it's a like, beautiful song that's like it's... their inner sand you know like the big yeah one, like... there's like there's like nothing else out there like it it's very mm -hmm. iconic and it it definitely had a far reach and i i didn't know the impact that it had on the fan base until i joined and then people were like oh that's like was our wedding song we walked down wow. the aisle to it and then I covered it I just did like a very like Lindsay Schoolcraft ballad symphonic version and then people were like we played that one at our wedding we danced to that one at our wedding like someone played it at someone's funeral and I was like oh my god like this song is just you know it's 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 a very iconic important song and like now Sorry to spoil it for anyone. I'm absolutely sick of that song. And if I never hear it again before the day I pass, I will be very happy because <laughs> I sang it so much for like seven years that like it was just like, oh, man, especially like the last two years I was in the band, we did two world tours, like one in 18 and then one in 19. And um, I was like, yeah, I'm good. Like sometimes I have dreams where I still play the whole song in my dream like front wow. to back and i'm like uh oh, shit because it's just it's ingrained but like you know yeah they it, can't it go a night without playing it too that's like it well it's like they're like that would be like going to see evanescence and them not playing bring me to life it's mm -hmm. like the same deal so yeah it, it was wild at first it was exciting at first and then it just got it, it just got to what it was which was like oh it's just amphetamine again but i'm I always, whenever I went up on stage, I really tried to do that song justice because I knew how much it meant to people. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Even like seeing clips of you doing it live, it's, it's just fucking amazing. Like, again, it's Thank like you. such like a right fit, like to go to full circle of what we were talking about and them, like, I guess, like discovering you and all the checks. Like, it just, oh, yeah. It seems like insane. you've been in that band since the beginning when you see footage of you, uh, working with them. And yeah, it's just so cool. And um, mm -hmm. yeah, around like everything, all your solo stuff, like you do like a lot of like different collaborations with with um so many people across the board from like metal and other genres and stuff. And do you like have like a favorite collab that uh, you've had or like something like just super special? Oh, I think I think mainly like working with Sarah Jezebel Devo was really cool. We've done two songs together now. Um. And then, like, singing with Cancer Bats was really fun. Cool. I got on their acoustic EP, and then they included me for, like, this really special performance that they did. Um, you know, kind of, like, when we were coming out of the pandemic, that was really cool. But, like, one that's really special to me is playing harp for Mirker. Like, that was, like, you know, we didn't work in the same room. It was all remote. But to see how her brain arranges and composes music for an instrument that she doesn't even play... You know, and she sent me, it was like Rivers Blessed, and she sent me her demo, which was done on piano. And she's like, just do whatever you think needs to be done to, like, adapt this to harp. And I'm like, okay. But I, I, I worked on it for, like, eight weeks before I recorded it because I had some time. And just I learned new things and new ideas about composing music that, like, I would have not have learned otherwise if I didn't do that with her. And then when that came out, I was just like, well, there we go, like... There it is. You know, I like how she blends folk and black metal. Mm -hmm. It's really, really cool. So, yeah, I was re yeah. really stoked for her new album. But yeah, like that, I think those have been, you know, there's that obviously there's Motionless and White. That's like still pinch me. I often forget about that one. I'm like, oh, yeah, that happened because it, <laughs> yeah, it just kind of like came and went. And I was like, holy shit, did that, did that actually happen? Because I've just known Chris forever, you know, and the, the the day he contacted me and said, hey, do you want to sing on the new album? I was like, when do we start? Like, yeah. hell yeah, I love your music. <laughs> Pick like, me up I right now, let's go. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, and it was a very quick turnaround, but it was really fun, even though it was all 
remote. So that to this day, I'm still like, oh, yeah, that happened. Like, it just I don't know. I've done so much in the last 23 years of being in the industry. I'm just like, wait, what what just happened? Like, and it's crazy because I came from pop punk and then I moved into this weird space of like this like dark, like, I don't know, this dark new metal electro pop thing for a while was like Mary and the Black Lamb. And then when I moved like into metal, I was like, yo, everybody's jumping on everybody's tracks. This is so neat. Like that there was that community thing. And maybe I just didn't see it or know about it because I was on such a local level before where everyone's like, oh, I have to prove myself. And like no one was thinking in that mindset of like, let's compose a song and get like a guest vocalist on it. Whereas like on the level that metal does it, it's actually like really exciting. It kind of cross contaminates like fan bases um, for exposure and it just makes the song so much better if you do it right like I'm really I want to say like I don't know how to put this but I like as someone who writes composes and arranges music I'm a real snob in the sense of like Mm -hmm. I can tell when a song was written for a part or when like they were just trying to shove a guest mm. vocalist on it and I'm like yeah. oh that mm. you know there's a lot it, of those actually yeah and I'm like okay I <laughs> like this is rough this is like this was unnecessary um but you know I I feel like it in metal it's done better more times than it's not done great <laughs> I don't know how else to put yeah. that but in metal in metal it's it's usually done really really well for the most part and it's it's fun seeing all the different collaborations Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I feel like I'm seeing it more than ever. It's kind of like reminding me of like a lot of hip hop I used to listen to in the 90s where they'd all like yes. have like these gang collaborations of people from different stuff. And I remember being younger and I'm like, why doesn't metal do that? And now they do that. So it's super oh God, cool. Like, everyone's doing it. <laughs> yeah. I feel like me. even over the pandemic <laughs> era, like people sending each other tracks and making these little collab YouTube videos. It's a beautiful time. Oh, yeah. Right yeah. yeah. Even in the in the background, I see you got a agonist poster. Have you worked with Elisa or she's she's a dear friend. Um Amazing. we did actually work on something together, but it just never came to fruition. It was like a ballad mm. like back in 2013. I think she finally released it on her Patreon. I haven't heard it, but if there's harp in there, that was me. That's you. Yeah, um, nice. You yeah. know, but no, I I I was really sad when I found out that they just like dismantled and mm-hmm, and me too. ended things because this this album here lullabies for the dormant mind was actually just like i i discovered it you know just before i joined cradle and i was like wow i didn't know this like metal could be this you know what i mean like it it was like one of those like you got a vocalist who alternates between clean and guttural really well it's super progressive it's just like you know and it, it was I don't know. I just thought it was something unique and magical. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, I love I love those guys and I hope that everyone's doing well despite current events. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. And I got into them around like their album prior to that one. And again, it was just almost like the experience you had where I saw this. I'm like, what is this? I didn't know metal could be this. And um, it was interesting. Um, I used to just go to like a lot of like when I was in college uh, in Hamilton, uh, they tour there all the time. And I see them play in bars in front of like 20 people. And I'd I'd have a a few chats with like Elisa and actually got like this board with like a lot of like signed like records and I got the first one and she wrote like a little note on it for me too. But I remember um her kind of like being in like a grind mode and like struggling, like selling her own merch. They were sleeping yeah. in a little van. And then cut years later, again, I'm like getting goosebumps, like talking <laughs> about this, but like seeing her in Arch Enemy now. And again, yeah. like Vakenfest too. And like, I've had many combos with her like over a decade ago. I don't think she'll even remember me too, but like, I like inspired I'm like yo like seeing somebody from that level to just you fucking did it you're doing the dream right now so every time I see her doing like something with like arch enemy and stuff like I still think of that girl selling her merch and like signing every CD and I'm like she She was just for it. it's awesome such such a fabulous person because like she she worked she grinded really hard like i remember back then she was like making like almost arts and craft stuff and like selling it online and then she had so much time for like animal liberation like you know and that's kind of how like we got connected because there was like a reptile rescue out here that the city was going to shut down and exterminate all the animals and i was like help you know and then we played a show together um, with my old band and we got connected and then 
all of a sudden I'm in Cradle and the first tour Cradle I was supposed to do with Cradle was um, canceled. It was at the beginning of 2013. It was for North America and it was like decapitated, the faceless and the agonist were opening. And her and I were so (laughs) excited to tour together. We're like, oh my God, like we're going to, you know, we're going to go on the road together. It's going to be so much fun. And then it got canceled and I was in bed for six weeks just rewatching Gem and the Holograms. I was really bummed out. Oh. <laughs> um, that was really stressful. But then, you know, flash forward to a year later, I'm on tour in Europe and she calls me like she was like, I was one of the first people she told. She's like, OK, like DL, you can't fucking tell anybody anything. I locked myself in a bathroom. I remember it was like <laughs> this weird venue somewhere. We're on tour with Behemoth, and I, I like, Ooh. I found this bathroom that was kind of soundproof. And I'm like, okay, what's going on? And she's like, dude, like, I'm like officially an arch enemy. I'm like, oh, wow, my god! Like, I was like, I'm so fucking happy for you. Like, we just lost our shit. It was, it was super cute. Um, and you know that was, and then just seeing her do what she's done, I'm just so freaking proud of her. I, you know, like, she's just. She's she's an incredible musician and writer and creative, but also like just continues to fight for animal lib and like, you know, as a business person as well, I just have so much respect for her. So she's like she's been a big positive influence on my life because she helped me go vegan. And God, I've been vegan like going on, I think, 11 years now. Like she just, Mm. you know, and with my sobriety, too, because she doesn't drink either. So, yeah. yeah, cool person. Yeah, that's awesome that you guys kind of have that sisterhood in the metal universe because, mm-hmm. like, it's a lot like a boys' club too. But I, I feel like less now than it was before. Like, there's you see like a lot of uh, different bands with like females like leading the charge and everything. But uh, yeah, I feel like back in like the early two thousand, it was like really rare like even hearing Angela in Arch Enemy. I remember seeing the video first and then showing my friends like just the the track. I'm like hey this is a chick singing they're like no way like but it's um it's like yes way (laughs) yeah (laughs) but now it's like it's cool it's normal you see stuff like ginger and it's just like or like all these like tiktoks they're on and like just like you see them the process of doing the vocals and it's uh it's cool like yeah it's nice there's so many women there now you know like we've got we've got spirit box and we've got Mm -hmm. um I'm trying to think of some other ones like Dying Wish and oh my gosh, there's so there's just so many. Like I feel like we've worked so hard and we're so prominent in the scene now. It and it is it's it's yeah, there's definitely like a girls' club too. Like yeah. <laughs> it's not you, just you, for the boys anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's great. And um yeah, it's cool. Like um, even like I noticed like in the past few weeks, you started podcasting yourself with oh gosh, uh, yes. the witchful thinking and like tell yeah. us a little bit about that i think that's that's super cool um well like you know i've always identified as magical um unfortunately i was raised in a roman catholic uh school system Same. and it just never made sense to me mm-hmm. <laughs> and it just did not resonate with my soul and then as i moved you know out of that into my 20s and 30s and i'm like oh yeah no this this all makes way more sense to me based on like my internal moral compass and my experiences and so that's always been there but yeah i i just kind of found the podcast i think over the pandemic and i started listening and it was just really nice it was like you know listening to Brooke and Liz who are the hosts just go on about what they did i was like these are two really cool chicks who are bringing awareness to, you know, healing childhood trauma and working on yourself and and believing in yourself and manifesting and developing and building the life that you want for yourself. And I was like, this is just like right up my alley. And then they opened it up for guests and I ended up being on the show, I think, three times before, you know, Brooke was like, you know, I think we need another person. And I was like, well, like, I would love I would love to do this with you guys. And um, did that, that was it. Like I just, so I, cool. I started 2024 being their, th- their third host, like a co-host. And um, I'm really just jumping in and winging it. I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't really know what it means to be a podcaster. Um, I think it's personality first and then the figure of the rest out later. But um, you know, we're, we're slowly opening that back up. But I mean, they're, like the witchful thinking podcast, I think is one of the biggest, most successful um podcasts in like the the new age spiritual realm i guess uh 
you know, to say and like for them to have me on and open me up to that. I'm really I'm really appreciative and you know, they let me be myself and yeah, it's been it's been a cool new experience. It wasn't something I expected, but it's something for me that like I enjoy doing with people I really like, especially after like long stressful days in the office you know <laughs> working mm -hmm. on my career and doing what I do for a day job it's like I just need something to just like unload and have fun with and talk about my you know similar interests somewhere within my kind of people yeah that's awesome too and um even recently I did like uh coverage I, th I mentioned to you in like an email like for around this uh film coven and uh yeah, just, like, so followings cool. like some uh some witches around like real life witches and it's funny when you tell people that what they perceive a witch of being compared to actually what it is and like you mentioned it's just like yeah. almost like this beautiful thing of just following your intuition and natural healing and it's just it's so nice and I've I find like just recently I just keep like meeting all these like witchy women and they're becoming like good friends in my life and like it's I don't not know a bad like, place to be <laughs> yeah but it's it's almost like a, a vibe thing too like um I always feel mm -hmm. like I've had like this strong like intuition and I'm like like a heavy empath but growing mm -hmm. up I didn't even know what that meant and like I was even like um scared to talk about it too where I would like almost either manifest things or feel vibes on certain people good or bad and them being true type of thing like I feel like there's mm -hmm. some layers to this world that I don't totally understand but I'm like on this journey of like hoping to figure it out and if not it's just kind of going with the flow you know but every time I talk to somebody who's like I guess like consider themselves like a witch or whatever I'm like you make a lot of sense to like how I feel <laughs> inside in a way you know like, <laughs> well that's I think that's good that you're in tune to like you know your vibes and your feelings it's like it's all energy at the end of the day like it's mm -hmm. very scientific too so that makes complete sense you know and I think there's been such a resurgence of this because it is extremely empowering and liberating to women where a lot of monotheistic religions which run the world are extremely patriarchal and misogynistic yeah, and yeah. you know i think it's i think it's good that women are coming back to their power and being like no like you you don't have to get married and have kids you can be a businesswoman you can be an entrepreneur you can build an empire you can live how you wish without judgment and prejudice and and it's it's just such a beautiful thing that we're shifting into that space. So I think that's just going to be something that's continuing to be on the, you know, up climb over the next 20, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. It's just it's just nice because, you know, I'm all for equality and everyone feeling good in their own skin and in their own gender, whatever it be that they are or they choose. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And even like the origins of society, like, I guess, condemning people who are like quote unquote witches it, it was just like when you look at the history it's just fear of women in power like and it's, yeah that's exactly it it's it's fucking like disgusting and like but what's crazy too like um i mentioned that documentary and um i interviewed this girl uh laura and she had like her kind of life journey was like she always felt like this intuition and like felt like a witch when she was like in high school and stuff and didn't know why like all her family is like totally not that and then uh in the movie <laughs> in the movie she kind of follows her um her intuition again um kind of like meets like a coven like trying to learn about herself and like what this mm -hmm. is and then even like this is the spookiest thing she goes to uh like her home country i, I think it was like ireland or something that makes and, sense checks out <laughs> yeah and um like just goes back in her family tree and again, I'm getting goosebumps and it's like a great, 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 like grandparent or something was like a witch and was killed. And yeah, it's that like makes the sense. spookiest, like, oh my God, like where it's, there's like that much disconnection in her family and then her. And it's like an emotional part in the movie too. But uh, yeah, she's, oh, yeah. She's, a, she's a cool one to talk to. If you guys ever looking for a guest, I'll, I'll connect. Oh, you actually, guys. yeah, please, please hook that up. Yeah. I think that's, yeah. um. I mean, if you look through your family tree, I'm sure you might find someone who was extremely intuitive or, you know, like the it's all there. Like I didn't realize it until 
I really started tracing back my roots and I did, I got lucky. I got to spend a lot of time with my grandparents before they all passed away. And on my dad's side, which is like Irish, Scottish, my grandma, his mom was extremely psychic. Like she just would get vibes and know what was happening to people. And I, I inherited that gift. Like something happened to a friend this weekend and I was like, I just knew right away. And then four days later, yep, they, you know, they broke up with their partner. And I'm like, okay, like it, it, you just, you have that gift. But then I like the really special thing that I'm tracing back right now is um, on my mom's side, my, her dad, I would call, lovingly call my Opa, but we're not actually German, we're Romanian. Um, you know, he, was extremely intuitive like he would have premonitions of dreams which i don't have as much anymore um but he was like he was unfortunately he had a head injury and he was a little woohoo <laughs> as he was older he got really paranoid and really into conspiracy theories bless him um i'm kind of glad he left us before the pandemic because <laughs> oh god i can't you think the head injury him. broke one thing but unlocked another thing maybe like probably felt, yeah like probably it happened to him at a very young age he was kicked in the head by a horse oh. and he actually survived it because you think oh, like in 1930 guy. something like they don't have the medical of like i guess like technology and advancements that they do now so he he almost died and um but we come from the very southern tip of like the transylvanian mountains um or sorry Car carpathian mountains in transylvania but like they were in this weird province called bukovina so my oma was from there too which is modern day ukraine but she was definitely like um as we lovingly say it like a kitchen witch like she just the love and energy she put into that food like no one Ooh. in my family can <laughs> recreate those recipes because it was all in her head and it went with her and you know it, it was just like she was really That's magical beautiful. she was a beautiful she's a beautiful human she was the most loving like positive person and then you had like my my opa and you know i look at photos of him and i'm like he's he's rome he's romani he's roma yeah like like i look at him and i'm like oh my goodness like and and you know i'm learning a lot today about what is going on over there and the discrimination against um romani women and like how they're not they're not encouraged to get an education and i'm actually like very grateful that my whole family immigrated over here to canada because you know, if we stayed in like, well, my parents would have never met. First of all, I don't even know if I would have been born if you want to go like go that crazy down like the what ifs. But I'm glad we left Romania because like here in Canada, growing up in this like mixed, you know, Irish, Scottish, Ro Romanian household, there's a lot of opportunity and I would have never have been able to do what I've done with my life. But um, you know, I'm still trying to trace back my roots in Romania because the Irish Scottish stuff is a little bit blurred. And I don't think we really took care of our family trees that well. And yeah, there's people with like these intu intuitions and talents, but I would really love to go uh, study the, you know, the witchcraft back in Romania. But that means I have to learn the language. And I think uh, Mihaila Minka, her and I follow each other on socials and she is so incredibly talented and powerful and I would love to learn from her but that requires a lot of work on my end first before I can go <laughs> yeah. learn and study under her it's all oral it's all in like apparently thousand year old Romanian language that is like like a dead language almost like Latin so wow. yeah that's uh that's just something for the future like another I have adventure many yeah, that's like, you know, I still want to work on music and I still want to do like what I love for now. But like, you know, we we forget like we all get tangled up in our 20s and 30s. Like I have to do all the things that I have to do them now. And I think it's also just a neurodivergent issue in general. But it's like, well, no, you have your 40s and your 50s and your 60s. Like there are going to be new chapters of your life coming yeah. where, you know, my brain maybe I... thinks I'm going to die tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I think we all live on this like, like tomorrow's not promised. Live for today. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like take interest, but like don't feel that you have to like dive down that, you know, and it's like, you know, I'm sure there'll be a decade of my life where I will go into production and be a producer. And I'm sure there will be like five years where I do go to Romania and learn under Mihaila. And like, 
yeah it's just they like life life is just like never ending there's so many you know cool things that you can do and it's like yes i've i've lost friends at a young age and it's like okay like you know remember tomorrow's not promised but that's also just given me a great a great sense of gratitude like my poor boyfriend i tell him every day how much he means to me and he never gets sick of it but i'm like you will get sick of it i i tell my friends how much i love them and appreciate them like on the regular but he's he's just been so healthy for me and wonderful so i'm just like you're so great thanks for being so so great he's like i don't know what i did i'm like you just accept me for who i am yeah you're just (laughs) you (laughs) yeah it's just super gross it's super gross but i I mean i think we need to tell people how we feel about them Mm. because we don't know when we're gonna go or you know when we're gonna lose them and and losing a lot of people close to me over the last like 20 years has really taught me that i think that's important mm-hmm. yeah i feel like i've lost that or i lot or i learned that same lesson like very recently too just a lot of people have gone like where you think they're going to be around forever too and yeah mm-hmm. i totally agree with what you say like tell people you love them like uh, and it's even like i feel like it's like a learning process for me too like it's just like oh i don't want to sound weird but now i'm just like i don't give a fuck anymore and if they think it's weird that's on them you know i love you <laughs> i love so, you man yeah <laughs> Yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's such a cool talk. And even like you mentioning about like maybe one day going down that path and learning your history, it kind of Mm -hmm. like sparked something where I want to reach out to the director of Coven, maybe see if they're interested in following that journey. Because that's what happened with uh, the other girl, too. It seems like a natural sequel, too. Like you're the stories there. And also like that would be just sick if you did that and everything. Oh, yeah. It's there. I just have to learn Romanian because yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I could pick but up on a few words but... in Romanian, like oh, like later. I mean, down, yeah, boom. yeah. My 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 side project, Antiqua. It's like a chamber black metal band. We already do stuff in Romanian. It was just a natural <laughs> choice because Latin is just so overdone in metal. So I mean, I should I should probably start learning, but I don't think it's going to be this year. Between like, you know my day job and like doing my new album and like doing but like being a podcaster now it's like okay where does like learning yeah. romanian fit into any of that <laughs> yeah it does <laughs> it does you gotta listen to like one of those audio like uh lesson things where and just like put it on your head while you're like sleeping or something and yeah literally it... i think that's it yeah or like just get duolingo to yell, yell at me when it gets a little sassy, it's like, you haven't done your homework today. It's like, I'm not paying you to tell me what to do. Yeah, Duolingo. You. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. this is such a fun talk. And I guess as a final question, like, if there was, like, maybe a girl like yourself, like, your younger self in her room, learning all these instruments and almost a similar type of, like, personality and everything... Uh, would you have like any advice to that person to kind of turn their musical passions into a profession? Oh God. Yeah. I mean, there's so much I'd want to say to like my younger self or like someone who's like me, but I think you have to be honest with yourself and you have to be authentic with yourself. That's the only way everything's going to really work out. Like you have to, like it when you're younger and you meet people who are quote unquote in the industry and they tell you something that is not the be all and end all and that is not your truth the the industry though like i wish sometimes there was a union in an hr um it can be anything that you want it to be and and i look back at 23 years it'll be 23 years on my birthday and I never saw it this way. I never saw it this way 23 years later. Like I truly thought in my 20s, I was going to get like a massive record deal and be a superstar. And there were moments that it almost came to that, um, you know, and then Paramore came and stole my thunder of my first band. <laughs> oh, the bastards. Um, no, no, they, they're amazing. Um, you know, uh, but really it's like I've always just followed my own path and done what I'm excited about and went all in and I think that's that's the most important part is like to just be true to yourself and if you are a solo artist remember you can't do it all alone it's okay to rely on others it takes a while to find the right people 
unfortunately I've trusted my precious, precious career and music with like people who teeter more towards narcissism because those run rampant in our industry. And it took me a very long time to spot the red flags or the whole carnival from a mile away and be like, nope. Um, But I think the most important thing is your own craft. You know, I know that sounds really like a pun coming from me, but your musical ability and what you develop in your skills with playing your instruments and writing your music and arranging it and producing it and performing it, no one can take that away from you. Like that is yours alone. And I think focusing the most on that, especially when you're younger, like, you know, I, I just picked up my harp yesterday and I haven't picked it up in like maybe a few months and yeah, it took a minute, but it's still there. And that's, that's something that just like, no one can take from you. I'm even going back to playing the bass guitar on this new album. And that was my first instrument, but I'm glad that I took the time to really fully appreciate and dive into and to the best of my ability, be good at these instruments because that is something that just like, you know, like there's, there's so many things that go on in the industry. If you want to go down that path where there's gatekeepers and there's abuse and there's, like cliques and there's just it, it it can get rough I'm still dealing with that at this age and in this day like it's still a thing you know and to navigate that is really tough I think more than anything just don't be a dick like have a good reputation be be kind and and don't let your ego your ego will destroy your whole career if you get greedy and arrogant and like entitled that that will repel all the right people that you want to work with if you're just like kind and communicate and organized and you show up on time and you appreciate people you will have longevity no matter what your career is going to look like but that's like I've just seen so many like over the years I've seen local and like getting out of local and then like getting into the industry and then the highest echelons of our industry I've seen these beautiful, talented people with just the biggest ass egos, probably because they haven't gone to therapy and they haven't dealt with any childhood trauma, just Mm. completely destroy their careers and their potentials and push away all the right people and hurt themselves. And it's like, it it was never worth it. Just I, I look at it. I'm just like, this is why your life sucks. You are the reason your life sucks. You're the reason your career sucks. And it's very it's very hard to watch especially when you find out it's like people you blindly like worshipped when you were younger oh, um that's the and worst. like that was heartbreaking there was two i won't say who but there was two big influences on me and it's probably like out, weird to go back and listen to their music now because you think of that like sometimes yes sometimes no i can, luckily like, disconnect. I, this that's good beautiful <laughs> thing called disassociation yeah nice um, nice you know but it it took me it was a very disappointing heartbreaking thing to be like oh like you're just you know a child who got famous at a very young age and you've not grown up and you continue to repeat these really destructive patterns and that's why your band is has been quiet or hasn't been you know you lost your PR people you lost your label and like you make great music and you had this whole great team around you that you know you didn't appreciate and try to work through things with and you they quit or you let them all go and it's like that's that's literally why it comes down to why bands can't keep a lineup that you know it's usually the problem is the person who stayed the longest i hate to say it but it's the truth and it's because they just did not they got greedy they got you know i don't know how else to put it as the brits say they they had their heads up their own arse as they always put it and they just they lost it all and you know that that's the thing like i still to this day Sure, I don't work with my old band anymore from high school, but we're still all friends. And I'm not trying to like get on high horse and be like, oh my God, I am Mother Teresa. I'm so great. I'm just saying, like, I've worked with the same group of people for a very long time because we all treat each other well and there's yeah. common respect. And at the end of the day, it's about making great music. And then on the business side, it's about employing these people who do a good job. You know, that's the beauty of being an entrepreneur, just like moving away from music for a second. They, like 
as an entrepreneur, you give people jobs so they can afford food and keeping shelter over their head. And I think that's a beautiful thing. I, and that's another thing. I think a lot of musicians probably grew up in a home where money was king or they just saw money issues. You have to get over your issue and your relationship with money if you're going to have longevity in this world too. Like you really have to have a more positive perspective on what it means for you and the, the people around you when you take that step and you turn your craft into a business because there's a lot of beautiful things that come from that. It's not about like you making a million dollars and then like, you know, or a billion dollars. Like, I don't know when the last time either than Swift made a billion, but like, you know, and just screwing off and buying an island and never talking to anyone again, although that would be lovely. But it, it's, yeah. it, it's really about like, you paving a way forward and this is important as a woman because it has been such a boys club for so long but paving a way por forward and giving this group of wonderful people the opportunity to gain an income based off of like you started all of this so you know there's there's so many things but you just you learn it every step along the way and I found you know I'll close with this like any of the mistakes I made um and I mean I'll be the first to admit I'm wrong and take accountability and everyone knows that I've really worked to make sure that my reputation is okay. You know, check yourself before you wreck yourself. But if I was working with like the wrong person or the wrong type of person, if I didn't learn the first time, it would come back the second time even worse. And then it come back the third time even worse. And it's just like, okay, like I'm being told like, you can't yeah. keep making this mistake anymore. Or it's just going to, it's going to end you. So, you know, it's, it's really a, like, you have to go at it yourself, but I think educating yourself and being true to who you are and what you want to do. Like at the end of the day, you have to follow what really lights you up inside because people see when it's lighting you up inside and people can see when it's not lighting you up inside. Like it, it's mm, there true. in the the production, the writing, the performance. So just like, yeah, just stay true to yourself. Ah. Uh wonderful words <laughs> just love your soul and passion uh, thank You're you so, so <laughs> thank you so much for like this conversation today i know we went like an hour it feels like 10 minutes like i probably could <laughs> like just sit here for like five hours but i'm gonna like let you enjoy your day but like i uh i thoroughly enjoyed this and i i really thank you for this time your, your time today Oh my gosh, no, thank you for having me. I've been looking forward to this for a while. I think we tried to connect like right when the pandemic hit and it just didn't work out. And now yeah. it's like, here we are. This is great. I'm super happy. Yeah, I think this is a better timing too because before then, yes. like I wasn't as good as like an interviewer and like, <laughs> it's just like- I was a mess back then, you know? And it wasn't even because of the pandemic. It was just due to burnout and mental health. So I'm glad we like talked now because I'm in a more healed empowered place so this is great <laughs> yeah yeah this is, this is super cool and yeah to officially meet you and everything and mm -hmm. I knew it was going to be a good one like again like going back to what we were talking about the intuitions too just for like from your emails and your vibe it's it's awesome and uh I'm sure uh we're probably gonna like cross paths sometimes because I always see mm -hmm. like on your stories like sometimes you're at the same like metal shows as me and stuff so oh yeah hopefully we'll meet in person yeah like keep in touch let me know when you're you're heading out to stuff or just shoot me a message I'll be like yep I'm here so yeah, definitely yeah it'd be great to meet you in person and uh yeah again can't thank you enough this was a fucking awesome episode Lindsay <laughs> and uh yeah again I hope you just have a great day and uh we'll keep in me touch too. and I'll talk to you soon for sure thanks again for having me Boom! Hope you enjoyed my chat with Lindsay as much as I did. Like we mentioned at the beginning of the episode, you can check out a lot of Lindsay's new music on her Patreon. Search for Lindsay Schoolcraft and follow her on socials. Keep in the loop, you know? She's working so hard, you'll continue to get updated on new releases and some episodes of the Witchful Thinking Podcast and all the awesome stuff she does. And before we go, like always, I can't run away without thanking all you legends on our Patreon page. First up, the biggest thanks to Mike Carniello of the Testing with Mike YouTube channel. If you're into technology, electronics, how they work, and most importantly, how to fix them, check out Testing with Mike on YouTube. Another big thanks to Amanda McKnight of Top 10 Nerd. Not only is Amanda the host of Top 10 Nerd talking to millions of subscribers, she's got her own YouTube channel that you should definitely check out. If you're into comic books, video games, movies, and all things nerdy, type in Amanda McKnight on YouTube. Another big thanks to the wonderful Jenny Potter, the legend Devin McBride, the number one gent, Alan frickin' Kent. 
our favorite soul singer, Saber, and last but not least, Francis Coffer, a.k.a. my mom. If you want to shout out at the end of the show and also get these episodes early, raw, and uncut, right when I'm done the Zoom call, I just post them, you can go to patreon.com slash thecreativeandbalance. It's only $4 a month. And beyond having my thanks, you can just go to bed at night and sleep soundly knowing you're a badass motherfucker who supports raw, uncut, independent media. And nobody can take that away from you. You hear me? With that being said, got so many episodes for you around the corner. Lots of recorded in the bank. You Patreon people know. Stay tuned. Subscribe if you're watching this on the YouTube. Follow if you're on the Spotify's, the Apple Music, all that jazz. And we'll catch you next time. Cheers.